Before listening, ask a doctor if your heart is healthy enough for Dallas Cowboys football. This is Hanging with the Boys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. 3.48 left to play in the game. It's third and goal at the six. Crowd is really into it. Aikman, a straight drop, good protection. Over the middle. It's caught by Kelvin Martin at the two. Knifing to the goal line. Touchdown. Touchdown, Cowboys. This team's going to Pasadena. This football team is going to Pasadena. The Cowboys coaching staff is exchanging handshakes. How about this, Cowboys? Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, and Shannon Gross. What Shannon has changed? He has. It is Wednesday here, Shaved folks. his beard, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he's sitting down. cold Dallas. I'm Kurt Daniels sitting in the big yes, boy chair because our fearless leader, Shannon Gross, is off in Mexico in the sun and the fun. Probably not sober enough to do the show now, even if he wanted to. Would you? You mean he's not going to call in? He's not calling in. Joined, of course, by the star of this show, our all-pro, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winner, Nate Newton. Nate, how are you today? Man, Kurt, I'm doing good. I'm doing just fabulous. Thank All right. you. All right. All right. I was going to go off into a spiel, but I'm going to save it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the uh, audio genius behind the wall, Douglas Barraclough. Back hello, there. hello. You doing all right? I am. How about you guys? Doing good. And, and we are joined. We have a special show here going today, beginning with uh, our special guest, first special guest, the one and only Mickey Spagnolo. Spag! Sure. What's up, Spag? I don't know if I've ever been called a special guest. <laughs> uh, you are. And the reason today is going to be special is, as uh, Douglas hinted in our opener, January 17th is the 25th anniversary of the 1992 NFC Championship game, the game that many said was the start of the dynasty of the Cowboys in the 1990s. And we are going to relive some of that. Nate obviously played in that game. Mickey covered that game. Safely in the press box. Yes, we have, we think, we're sure. Coming up a little later, later our uh, man, Leon Lettler, Steve Young. We can invite Steve Young, Young on the TV. <laughs> Perfect timing. Uh, uh, Leon Lett, current defensive line coach for the Cowboys, former player who was a second-year man for that 92 team. He will be joining us. And we hope, if we're lucky, we may have another special caller uh, dialing in. So we'll see. So I don't know about you boys. I We could talk a little current Cowboys coaches and stuff, but I, I'm kind of sick of that talk. Do you have anything you want to say on that regard? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, first of all, hold on, man. Come on. I, I've been trying to tell you. I, he don't belong. Throw the ball. <laughs> throw the ball. He's on this side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, there ain't but one dude. This the MVP, Nate baby. Is Zeke only. Yeah. yeah. Hey, now – and the reason, and it's just, it's just short. It's just short. We have a new offensive line coach, and his name is Paul Alexander. Correct. Okay, tell us a little bit about him, Mick. I'm just, just quickly, and then we'll go yeah. right into the '92 stuff. It's almost like uh, the teams traded offensive line coaches because Cincinnati hired Frank Pollock, the Cowboys' mm-hmm. offensive line coach, and they let their Offensive line coach Paul Alexander, who had been there with them 24 years. Mm-hmm. So if we do the math on 24 years, that means 1991, right? Right, right. Uh, he was assistant head coach, and he was he's been there through all their different offenses, different head coaches, uh, different running backs, and you know the running backs uh, that played there were pretty successful. Uh, so the Cowboys uh, interviewed him a week ago. 
and uh, decided that he was their guy. He was available. So they're bringing in a lot of experience on that offensive line. Okay. Was there a surprise at all that Colombo wasn't promoted? No. Uh, I don't think so. No? Uh, I think that they were looking for somebody that had been around the block a time or two uh, in the NFL. Somebody had coaching experience. And, and maybe not even coaching experience, but teaching experience. That, that they were the guy. Uh, I think at some point Mark Colombo will move into a role like that. Maybe it's not here, uh, but I think they were looking for somebody that had a little bit more experience. Because uh, what I've read about him is he, he, he regardless of what your, uh, and this go back to what Mick said, regardless of what your flavor is, offensive coordinator, he can teach it. And that's the deal. Can you relay, look at your players and relay now, I'm glad he's here. And I'm, and I'm glad that he hurry up and got here. Now, my next my next uh, question is, Coach Eberflus is is all but gone, right? Sounds that way. Yes, it sounds like he's gonna uh, join. He had an expiring contract, yes. so he had the opportunity to say, "Okay, I'd like to stay, or I'd like to be my own guy." And it sounds like uh, he's got himself tethered to Josh McDaniels, whichever job he gets. Mm. Uh, the Patriots offensive coordinator has been tied to the Colts job uh, and possibly uh, Tennessee. So mm. between one of those two, I guess they feel pretty confident he's going to get one of them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, do they have a history? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know where it's they good. would have run across each other. Uh, Probably as a GA's well, assistant. Well, and, and this might be yeah. the connection. Well, no, because he was uh, – Was one of the Ryans Eberflus with – was the University of Missouri's defensive right. coordinator. Okay. And then he went to Cleveland. Okay. And he, he was with uh, with Ryan there as the, right, the right, defensive right. coordinator. Uh, I don't know if there was a connection between that and New England. Uh, and then he came here uh, when Rob came here as the defensive coordinator – in 20, was it 12, uh, 2011, I guess, when Jason got the job. Right. Or 2010. No, 2011. Yes. So, uh, and he'd been here since. So, I don't know. I just think that, you know, he's, he's, I think he's ready for the job. And I think he was looking to be able to go and be his own guy and not right. be in the shadow of Rob, right. uh, Mar Rod Marinelli. You know, my, my, my issue now is. Is I, I want we you know I understand patience, you know, and getting the right guy. But this is what I do not want to happen because it's the wrong spot. And what I mean by that, Mick, is he is the pass coordinator. He hooks the back end to the front end. We have young guys. If we bring in a new guy. And he has any type pool like Mr. Eberflus who was leaving, he may want to teach things a little bit different. Now, that may not happen because we still have Coach Marinelli in place, but whoever that guy, we let loose the uh, defensive back coach too, right? Joe Baker. So people don't understand, which I do understand, you are not going to teach the same technique in the same way as the other guy. You're going to have something that's different. And it could be something, and I'll give you an example where Coach Wise, what we we he had he we had gang ground blocking. And what we mean by gang ground blocking is our steps are always going forward. 
You know, especially on the run, everything we did except the draw, our steps were going forward. We were going to move you. Whereas Hudson Hawk had the same idea, but he taught a drop step where you had to be in concert, but he still wanted you after that drop step, putting that power foot in the ground and grabbing ground. Well, what I saw with the last coach, they weren't big on that. I want to know if this coach here big on that. You see what I'm saying? So the little nuances, each player, I was a little bit slower to learn the drop step. Eric William got it quick. I got it slow. You right. see what I'm saying? So all of this, we had to learn. When you have, so when you, you want guys these... in, but we had more, me, yeah. we had more time. Wasn't no rules on how much you could and could not practice. Now there's rules. So I need for these young guys to hurry up and know who their defensive back coach is and who who's going to connect these two things together, so they can get all the work they can get. When you have this much changeover in your coaching staff. Is it good because you have fresh voices coming in, or is it tough because you do lose that consistency? Well, the it just depends on what Coach Marinelli gives the next guy, because uh, 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 what Jason Garrett allows the next guy. Do you get that guy who's a defensive back coach that hooks that thing into the linebackers, or do you get a linebacker coach that? Hooks in. You, you get what I'm saying, Mick? It's, can, how quick can they work together to smooth out how they do things? And, we, and, and is Coach Marinelli listening to one or the other or both? You, you, you know, so it's a tricky thing. I guess having the same coordinators, you can stay on page a little bit better than versus getting rid of the coordinators because coordinators – most coordinators are not like Rod Marinelli and Coach Lanahan. They've been there, done that on all levels. They're comfortable in their skin. That's why I think Mr. Eberflus is leaving because he wants to do it his way. And when you bring in a – most of the time when you bring in a coordinator, he got things he want to do different. And Ken Norton, who left – the Raiders, as soon as the guy took over for the Raiders, he he did about four or five major things different. So each coordinator want to put his stamp in what he say, my 4-3. But what I'm understanding is Mr. Eberflus, like, he learned the 4-3, the small final points from Coach Marinelli. But he, I promise you he got some things like, I can do this better, and I want, I want to do it this way. So nothing against Coach Marinelli, nothing against the, the, the Joneses, but I think he wanted to do it a little different way. Oh, you're probably right. And to, to address your point, Kurt, I think that's the kind of the $64,000 question. You've got continuity that yeah. you're disrupting, but you also have some new voices coming into the room. The room. And Nate can you know, probably address this better than I can, but if I go back to when I was a kid – and you got a new coach, whatever sport it was, you tried a little harder, I yeah. think, to impress the new guys, yes. right? Yes. You got they got to your you attention. Gotta get you, yeah, you got to get bit going. More, yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the comfort level's gone now. You got to prove yourself again to somebody, and so I think it's a it's a tough balance between okay, we got continuity here, and now we got a different voice, and does that get everybody out of their comfort level? Well, and it, you went through how many different. Just two different uh, offensive line coaches. Actually, we started three, winning, right? I had Coach Myers, and then I had Jim Erkenbeck. Erkenbeck, right. And uh, Tony. Yeah, and then Tony. And it, but the thing is, this is where a young guy 
can really make hay. This is where, because we are all human, and this is the great thing about, I love about being a human is, I can walk in the door. You can be my number one receiver. You can be my number two receiver. But you, 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 you only had a hundred yards less and, a, and two TDs less than he had. I don't. I ain't. I don't owe you nothing. I'm the new offensive coordinator. <laughs> Guess what? Show me what you're working with. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's gonna happen. I mean, they have yeah. seven positions that that's right that are gonna change, yeah. and that's an awful lot on your coaching staff. Could you, you? Yeah. You may not have. You may can't do as as when I played because it wasn't no uh, salary cap. You know, you could make some changes, but but you 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 still get a chance to shake up the bottom half of your players. You know, whereas a guy that was number four could easily become number three because you really didn't stand on the table and you telling him, "Hey, man, I'm standing on the table for you in here." You going out dropping balls. Gonna not only put you back at third, but it may slip you down to fifth because you got my reputation riding on you. Right? Does it make a difference? Secondary obviously has a lot of young guys, whereas wide receiver, I mean, he's got to come in and deal with Dez, Terrence, maybe some guys that have been around the block a little. I don't more. think so. No, I don't think so. I, I, or the offensive I, I'm line hope, guy, he's got Pro Bowlers all around who seemingly know what they're doing. So. You know, I, I still don't think so. And see, and that's why I think yeah. you, you find somebody with the experience of Alexander. Yeah, Paul. Because he's been around. He'll have and, more. And he's been more and those guys, and yeah, they have, don't. Yeah. He doesn't have to come in and Willie convince, Anderson, seen, yeah. convince Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick. They'll look up what he's done and they're yeah. going, okay, he might know more than I do. He's going to bring out some film on Willie Anderson. He's going to bring out some film on Anthony Munoz. He may That's bring great, Willie Anderson here. Yeah, the greatest left tackle to play the game. He could teach him yeah. the icky shuffle. See that? See yeah. that? I, I, you know what? I thought that since my man, the beard gone, that you uh, would talk more, but I see why the beard cuts him, <laughs> cuts him off. No, but, but to address what Kirk said about the wide receiver position, you've you got to bring somebody in with a strong personality. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you're trying to say. It's going to happen. The offensive line, yeah. Yeah, and you got to be willing to stand up to him, and but understand how to massage him also, his ego. You, it, it's, a, it's a fine line, and, you know, Nate knows. He, yeah. You know, they went through it with Hubbard Alexander and Michael. Yeah. You know, Michael was – he was the same, same. But you just kind of produce, and you kind of figure, okay, okay. The how many times thing- you think – Michael yelled at Hubbard, and Hubbard stood on the sideline and went, yeah, okay, I'll take care of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he never said anything. And then he walked down to the end of the bench and came back, and Mike was all right. But Mike knew he wasn't going to do nothing. But let me me say this here. I can fix the wide receivers. They don't have but two problems. And you can put them in priority however you feel, run better routes, and catch the ball. They, they don't have a two problems now. Run better routes. That's a pretty each big problem. Receiver, no, nah, each receiver, Cole Beasley is a route runner. So I'm not, not, not Cole Beasley. But each receiver, add two routes to your route tree and run them with perfection and run them with your quarterback throwing them to you. And, and, and catch the ball when it hits your hands. When it hits both your hands, catch the ball. And I promise you the wide receiver position will be fixed. Yeah. At this level, though, is it more about technique, these coaches, or is it more about motivation and handling egos? 
It, it's, it's, it, that's the I game it's, now. It's, it's all both, of it. Right? It's all of it now. It's teaching yeah. and being able to deal with, yeah. the, with the egos. And, you know, what Nate's talking about, why did that change in one year? Because we weren't talking about drop passes in 2016. We weren't talking about bad routes that's, in 2016. That's right. So what happened? What, why, why would all that change in one offseason? A lot of other things, I think, affected some of that. And I know, you know, I don't know from a fact, but what, what happens with Dez is he gets frustrated and then he starts trying too hard. And when he starts trying too hard, he loses his concentration. And I'm thinking concentrating on catching the ball is prime number one priority. Yeah. And, and then and and if add you get a frustrated to, yeah. and try to do too much, then you start dropping the ball. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mick. But the, the, the only issue was number 21. That, that's the only issue. It's 21. He caused a big issue. But – Dez, and I was hoping that Dez, and I hate to use this word because somebody will go back and say I call him immature, but I, I would hope that he had matured to the point where he understood how big he is to this team, how important he is. Joe's got well, with that, it. Why, got it. why don't we take a break yeah. here, take our first break, Douglas, uh, and we will come back and get into some fun stuff, some history. We've got the great Leon Lett joining us when we get back. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to hanging with the boys. At the 21st down, Aikman is going to throw. Deep slant. Caught. 35. Harper's breaking away. Harper's got midfield. Harper's got the 30. Harper's got the 20. Harper's got the 10-yard line before he's run down out of bounds at the 9. Wow. 
He yes. got all that and couldn't get nine more yards. <laughs> right. oh, ran out of steam, I guess. What's up with that? Let. <laughs> that was an exciting play, though. Yeah, it was. Let me get this quick read out of the way so we make our all sponsors right. happy. True Cowboy loves his freedom, and Tommy John gives you that free feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour patch that nestles you in fabrics you can barely feel. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Freedom where it counts. So yes, we're here today, freedom. okay, so you, you didn't catch the beginning of the show. It is the 25th anniversary of the 1992 NFC Championship game. And we've got three, well, two actual game participants and another who yeah, saw an it firsthand. <laughs> and uh, the goal here, the hope is to kind of relive, relive some of the memories. So first of all, I just wanted, before we get into the actual game, what was it like going into the playoffs? Were you confident? Leon Led is his name. Leon Led is it? Yes. <laughs> Did I not mention him again? I'm sorry. We have uh, my apologies. Let me reset. Yeah, we call him Big Cat Let. Big Cat Leon Let is here. Well, you know, friend, you Leon is in the building. He is. He was a defensive tackle on that squad in his second year. Nate Noon, of course, was the crafty veteran on the offensive line. Yeah, who had to block him every day in practice. That never, never succeeded. (laughs) And Mickey Spagnola was a beat writer for the Dallas Times Herald, I believe, at the time. Actually. that was my first year of freelancing. Well, you uh, could talk to Mickey. The paper went out of business the year before that. <laughs> wow. Man. Nice. The first of many you've ruined, right? <laughs> I've ruined a lot of newspapers <laughs> on my day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, All right. go, ahead on, go ahead on, sir. With you. All right. Well, you, 91, you went to the playoffs. You got Haley. Everybody says that's the turnaround. But how confident were you going into that San Francisco game? You'd been on a roll. But these were the 49ers. This was the team of the decade. How, what was the feeling getting ready for that game? Leon, what was the feeling, man? Since, <laughs> since Haley was your savior. <laughs> Haley was our guy, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I would have to say, man, I think we were really confident going into the game. Um, we had those young guys, um, the 92 draft and the draft that I came in the year before. So we were a young team. And uh, like you said, Nate, and there was a couple of more guys that were tough vets that had went through the fire. So, um, you know, we were ready. We were prepared, and it was fun. Yeah? I was excited about it. Was there much worry? What, go ahead. Mick, can you call up his class right quick, or can you tell some of the guys that were in your class? It was you. Was it? it was uh, Russell Maryland, the guy that just caught the pass. Uh, Alvin Harper uh-huh. was in my class. Uh, Kevin we, Smith? No, Kevin was 92. Yeah, Kevin and Darren Wilson were 92. Uh, Robert Williams but was Eric Alvin Williams Harper was in your class? Eric Williams, Alvin Harper. Harper. Myself, Larry Brown. And all of them play a key role. And I'm just, where I'm going with this, and I'm going to just sum it up because we got questions he want to ask. See what young guys could do if you go out and get them and play them. They were instrumental. What are you in trying us. to say? <laughs> play your young guys. Yeah. Okay. And, and, the, and, and you know what, Kurt? Uh, go, going into that game, and, and it was the same refrain going into the Super Bowl. It was like, well, yeah, this Cowboy team is good. They went 13 and 3. But they're a year away. Yes. They're kind of too young. Yes. They're not ready for this. And, and you know who was chirping at the most? Mr. ESPN, Chris Berman. Really? He was Because chir- he's a 49er fan. I'll never <laughs> forget it. They're a year away. They're a year away. Well, the 49ers had, I think they were in the middle of a seven-year stretch where they went to the conference finals six times. Yes. Cowboys hadn't beaten them since 1980. Mm-hmm. They hadn't won in San Francisco since 79. Right. But none of that was con- – I mean, you guys were like – They didn't know going. that. Yeah. Didn't, no, they did, didn't. Did you know it? I, I, didn't, even, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I didn't we, you, they, they didn't know it, and Jimmy knew it and wasn't telling it. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy told us 
during that week that we 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 going we going to win this. Oh yeah. Was he yeah, harder Jimmy, on you that week? They wanted us to go out. I remember that week getting prepared. They wanted us to go out to the media, not you, Mick. You were freelance. You won media then. <laughs> they were somehow Jimmy, they asked him twice. They asked him on a Monday, are you going to wet up the field and slow down y'all field so y'all can practice the way the 49ers? And he's like, well, we gave that some thought. Jimmy tried to be politically cor- correct. The second day, that Tuesday or Wednesday when they asked, he like, no, I ain't wetting up no field. We going out practicing. We getting ourselves together. We, we, we are who we are. Yeah. We getting ready to go down there and get them 49ers. That seemed to be a big topic of conversation. Oh. They had to resod some of it. it was they resodded most of it. And, and, you know, the field to start with is below sea level yes, anyway. Is. So it's Never normally moist and always soggy. And then it had rain forever. And they brought in, remember they brought in George Toma? Yeah. And he's going to fix the he field. He's going to fix the field. Yeah, right. I got like, to meet him Like this guy can grow grass, right? Yeah. So he put all this sod down. And I was just telling Douglas, I said, it's like telling me that I'm putting a rug down on a waxed w- wood floor. What yeah. happens to the rug? Well, it, it slides. Yeah. Well, that sod was all over the place. And it rained that day, too, on top of it. So talk about a muddy Convenient. mess. Yeah. But it wasn't quite as bad as you expected, was it? I, th- I think it, I saw the numbers were bad. Yeah, but right. it was advantage me. Oh. It was advantage <laughs> Nate. You knew where you were going. Oh, yeah, Not so much for Leon. Yeah, because as long as I knew I kept my feet up, I mean, I knew Stubbs and Brian Young were going to move me. And, those, yeah. and the other guy, I can't think of the old, it was an older gentleman they had, Fagan, I think his name. Yes. I knew they weren't finna not move me once I got my yeah. feet planted. Actually, you pro- it was Fagan. Yeah. Michael Carter. Michael Carter, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that was a big man. Fred Dean was <laughs> Yeah, his girl. He had a girl went to Oklahoma with shot put. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Olympic champion yeah. like he was, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Kurt, you, you mentioned their confidence going into that, but Nate told me a really good story when uh, I was researching our legend show that just aired on Monday on the 1992 season, 25th anniversary of winning mm. that Super Bowl. You told me that after the Detroit game, the year before when you guys got beat in the playoffs, that there was a measure of confidence. Even though you lost the game badly, there was a measure of confidence flying back to Dallas. Yeah, uh, we we were in that locker room, and uh, uh, Barry Sanders had just – I hate to say it's about defense. Had just cut us up. Yeah, he made us look bad. (laughs) Along with Eric Kramer. Yeah, yeah. And so – we, along with the coaches, we were in that locker room. We was like, yeah, yeah, we in the play. We made a play. And we were literally, like, kind of celebrating, you know, that we we have arrived. Man, Jim, you remember Jimmy came in there, man, and lit into us. This is, this is not where we want to be. We're not going to be satisfied. I mean, he got at us up there in that silver dome. I just really probably blew it up because it was the last <laughs> But we still got on that plane knowing that, we were a better team. We were a good team. And Jimmy told us we we're going to be even better. And then he went out and got that next draft class. Yeah. Wow. We Man, I'm telling you, I know what infusion of young good players can do for you. Yeah. And and Barry Sanders may have cut you up that, that year, but he went to RFK Stadium the next week on grass. And uh, I saw squat. that, yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad Emmett was on the Cowboys when y'all went to Candlestick where it was grass and mud and – yeah. I would not want Barry in the backfield for that. <laughs> well, he didn't have us blocking for him. But anyway. <laughs> that, that brings the point. At going into that game, what was the – because obviously you, were, you guys were built on the run, but San Francisco had a great run defense. Yes, just, they did. They had a mediocre, if yeah. not – they were one of the worst pass defenses. 
But what's the game? What was the game plan going in? Well, what what they liked it to do was they shut down your run and made you one dimensional, so they could put that extra guy back there. So that equaled out everything, and that's how they beat most teams because they would get a lead. But I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, Leon, that that game was tit for tat. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Charles Haley flies in there and get a sack over over Wallace. Yes. And the whole game changed. Yeah. Uh, I think we got a fumble or something. I don't know if Russell got the fumble, who got the fumble, but. The game changed right there. The momentum that Jason talked about taking, they took it. Our defense yeah. took it for us right there. But and you were, and you're yeah. right because it was 10-10 at right. halftime. Right. And then it was 17-13. Yes, sir. And then you guys got that turnover and you went and scored and got it to 24-13. Yeah. Uh, but if you, you look at the stats, they were almost dead even. At yes, the sir. That, we, and the thing I forgot about, is you know everybody has this idea that the Cowboys ran the ball and they ran the ball. Both quarterbacks threw for 300 yards that day. Yes, sir. That was yes, amazing. Sir. Yeah, we, it, it, it was a, it it was like the the grass that everybody worried about wasn't even there because if you like you say if you look at the stats you would have thought did you have thought it would rain? Yeah. yeah, you know you see what I'm saying. Well, the first score was Jerry Rice deep. Right? Oh, well. But that was called it back. Yeah, the third play of the game, they hit Rice on a 63-yard bomb. Were you guys like, oh, boy. Yes, I remember. <laughs> you remember what happened? Kevin Smith got hit. Yeah. He came out of the game for one play. Right, and brought and in Ike Holt. And, and I'm going <laughs> to tell, tell you what was so funny. I'm going to tell you what was so, when, when, when Pup came out of the game. It was so funny because, I, and, I'm, and I'm not sure, but I think Jerry went in motion to see was they man-to-man. When he went in motion, Ike ran across there with him. And Jerry just looked at – I can see it. He looked at Steve. And, right <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying to my mind, and I'm, and I'm calling it. They're going to throw it. I'm calling Jerry, Jerry, you know. But it didn't do no good because Ike was an older gentleman. His legs had yeah, started faltering on him. He couldn't even get up out of his break. And by the time he got up, out, got his hips turned – I was like, wow, really? Caught a break, though, that Hell holding who? penalty, though. Yeah. Leon, what, what was, Leon, what was the game plan for you? They had so many weapons. They had Waters, a running back, Steve Young, obviously, Jerry Rice, uh, Jones. At John, John Taylor. Yeah, I mean, what how, What was your, I guess, game plan going in? Uh, I, I think we did a, a great job of um, holding holding the, the run against them that year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know we, we did a good job against, uh, in that um and early on, like I said, that deep ball uh, kind of woke us up, and we knew it. Was, you know, the urgency that, that it was going to take to win the game. Uh, and I do recall uh, the first sack. I think it was like Tony Casillas or somebody. Yeah, yeah he had three ended up with yeah. three yeah. sacks yeah. in the red zone. So, yeah, you know, we held them there. It was 10, 10 Yeah, they was there. down there, man. Yeah. So, wow. Because so, they, they, you turned them over on yeah. fourth down. I believe is yes. what happened. I'm gonna tell you what's so what's so funny was the fact that. These guys, and, and this is why, you know, I, I get in arguments with everybody. These, these guys were ranked, and I don't know about that year there, but they're probably they were even first. Were number one. Number yeah. one in defense. And, and that is what you will hear me preach. That is what's winning these playoffs now today. Every year we talk all year long about offense, this offense, that. But until your defense – can do what they did. And see, I forgot about because he had the three sacks. I knew he had one. And then I forgot about we turned them away down there on their goal line. Yeah. Okay, what if they would have scored? 
Yeah. What if they would have scored? You got to have a defense, fellas. Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, no, no. And 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 you're right because it was it was 17 to 10, and they drove down to uh, the they they got down to the nine yard line. It was third and nine. Wow. And and he held them to a seven yard game, and they kicked a field goal. So now it's 17 13. And then you guys get the ball back and drive the length of the field for a touchdown. By the I way, I think it was the one, the little dump pass to Emmett, uh, Emmett, Emmett, right? 16 yards. Yeah. Which I have. I'm going to tell you something. Well, hey well, go ahead. Okay, here we go. At the 16, and they need the 10. Slot right, Aikman back, he's pressured. He throws it out, Smith's there, he's got the first down, coming right to five. Irvin's block, puts it in. Emmett Smith carries it in. Another third down conversion, and it's touchdown Dallas with 12-25 remaining in the NFC Championship game. That probably was, uh, I don't know who man that was that pressured and made that look good for (laughs) (laughs) Brad's voice wasn't as bassy back then. Now, are we supposed to assume that Irvin did throw a block? Uh, Oh, he did. He did. Okay. And see, we ran, I'm not going to even get into that. I'm going to let Leon lead because I'll be backstabbing his head coach. So, anyway, hang on. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But I'm. What what's so amazing is Jimmy through all of that, and he talked to the defense more than he talked to the offense. He let Norv literally, him, Norv, Axe, and these guys literally run that offense. And he talked to Troy and to Axe a lot more than he talked to anybody. I'm talking about Norv because he was upstairs. But during that game, man, at no time did you see Jimmy falter. Did you ever see him falter during that game? Oh, no. His hair stays straight. Like you, see, <laughs> you see the, the different shades of red he can get. <laughs> but you can say what you want, but it's something to them hands. Now, they get all over Jason for this right here, but Jimmy had a certain way he could clap them hands, and you know what he felt. Oh, so there's sometimes yeah. you knew you were in trouble. Oh, man, you know. <laughs> Just from the clap. Yeah, and so – but at no time during that game, the ups, the downs, the, 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 the good, the bad, he, he didn't falter. Yeah. He did not falter. He knew he had a team that was equal or better than the 49ers. So it's like Eskimos have 60 words for snow. Jimmy had 60 hand claps. <laughs> I mean, all sorts of things. See that? See that? That's what yeah, we, need. We, need, we need Shannon back. So that <laughs> next, the next possession San Francisco had, Leon, and I don't know how much of you remember of it, uh, it ended with a Ken Norton yeah. interception. Yeah, but you almost got to him on that play, didn't you? The quarterback, of yeah. course. You had a hand on him. Didn't so you? you had pressure. Who, oh yeah. Who were you lined up against? Which offense? Do you remember? Which uh, offense I, I'm sure it was uh, Guy McIntyre. <laughs> Guy McIntyre. Yeah. yeah. It was because he was a pro, he was a pro Bowl that year too. Right. Because yeah. you played over the left guard, right? Yeah. That was Guy. Because it was me, Guy, and Randall McDaniel you going to the Pro Bowl every year. We already knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so, do either of you two guys keep up with 49ers from those days? Now, every chance retired? I get, I, 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 I'll talk to one. I, I'll see when I, I talk to Guy more than any of them. Guy, Guy McIntyre. How about? Leon? I hope I'm pronouncing. Yeah, Guy and I, we finally kind of uh, got to a point where we can look at each other and shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, took a while. Huh? Battle, yeah, man. Yeah. Did you figure your pressure caused that interception? Um, I think so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you do. Absolutely. I watched the, I watched the highlight earlier, and Leon Leon had a hand on him, and he forced Steve to come up right into the face of Jimmy 
Jones, yeah, I think. Yes, Jimmy Jones. And yeah. so that kind of maybe blocked his view a little bit, and uh, Norton stepped right in front. So it was Jimmy Jones had to be the recipient of more good plays. <laughs> than <I can. laughs> so if, do you guys remember this? So you get the ball back, right? And Jimmy wants to go win the game. He, he don't want to sit on the lead. And you got a fourth and one at the San Francisco seven. And remember, he didn't kick the field goal. Yeah, but did that surprise you? He 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 went for it. Yeah. On yeah. Fourth and one, you didn't get it. Nah, yes. I know. I remember that. Remember Jimmy, the riverboat yeah. gambler, because yeah. every decision he made was always right, right, right? And that one, you're sitting there going, "Ooh, I don't know." Did that surprise you? No, not Jimmy. No? Jimmy used to have a good feel for things, and we just missed on that one. Yeah, because yeah, in the Super Bowl, was it the next week or was it the next year? Two he weeks. went for it on fourth and goal with Emmett and got the touchdown. Jimmy just believed that if you worked on it and you've been there before and you've done that. Yeah. You he, get it. He, he, yeah. And if he got that feel, you know, I, I remember one time we went to England and uh, I'm not jumping <laughs> off the deal. Yeah, he's in way. Dave. Okay, now. Y'all want to hear the story? <laughs> sure. And I told this before. We went to England and, and we had, I think we lost to Detroit or whatever. And Jimmy told us we better be ready because we had been messing around that whole week. He said, Y'all better enjoy this because we get back to. Dallas, we, we finna go to work. We finna get ready for a season. And uh, But the next morning, come to find out, him and all his coaches done stayed up and been gambling all night. And Jimmy came in there buying drinks. You, you, you went at the bar there, wasn't no, no. Oh, no, I'm glad you wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but Jimmy just came in there buying all these drinks. Y'all better enjoy it because I'm going to kill you when we get back to Dallas. And, boy, we had a blast up in that. Was that the 10-10 oh. game? I think it was. It was a tie, sure. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but Detroit blessed their heart. Well, I, I, we went I, up I, and I do went. remember going back to training camp and uh, the, the oh, team yeah. having to cover punts. Yeah. You know, you remember <laughs> that? Yeah. The offensive lineman, we all had to cover punts. defensive lineman, and, and it was like 15 of the punts in a row. So he <laughs> what he said about he was going to get us right, and he did. So yeah. he, he gambles on that. You don't get it, and they drive and score. Mm. Now it's 24 20. Right. So it was looking like, oh, bad decision. Nah, they can't beat us. I've got the play. They huh? didn't beat us then. The you want to do it now, or do you want to do it after the let's, break? No, nah, let's wait a little bit. We're we're okay. We're getting ahead. Um, yeah, why don't we take that second break? We'll be back. You mean you want to take it now? Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm Unless sorry. You're not a break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to hanging with the boys. Second and goal. Dallas at the three. Tight end motion to the left. I formation. Niners jumped offside. Handoff. Johnston, the fullback up the middle, breaks the goal line and scores, but there's a flag. This should be offside and a touchdown. Johnston with a little fullback play up the middle. And it looks like it's going to be offside and a touchdown. I think the 49ers quit on the play. I think they sound like they heard a whistle. Offside. Defense. Penalty is declined. Touchdown. One of the few back plays that worked. That was. I was hoping Moose would be on so he could see if that was his recollection that they quit on the they, play. I, I watched the highlight, and uh, the tight end who was uh, telling something, 89, he didn't even move. He just stood up. And the left side, 2-and-A, was laid out of the break. <laughs> you kind of made the move, but the, the safety shot. We all stopped, and, brother. They <laughs> stopped, and we stopped. Yeah, the, there was the infamous Derek Tunnell. Derek Tunnell, he's just stood there, and the – the defensive line kind of stood up. Safety came flying through, missed Johnston, and then he made Moose was <laughs> it. Like was a strange play with y'all. I'm going in. Yeah. Didn't yeah. didn't Derek Tunnell catch? Did he catch a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl? He did something. It was either that year or the next. I don't even know if he was there two years. I just remember <laughs> him doing something, and everybody's looking. Really, Derek Tunnell? Seriously? <laughs> well, I want to recap kind of the scoring so far. Um, again. They had a 63-yard bomb to Rice on the third play of the game that got called back because of penalty. Cowboys eventually went four and out, and Saxon punts it, and Dixon Edwards lays a huge hit on the return man. Ball bounces right back to, to Darrell. That results in an Elliott 20-yard yard field goal, put the Cowboys up 3 nothing. but San Francisco came right back. They scored on a one-yard sneak from Young. That made it 7-3, 49ers. 49ers then missed a field goal. They had a chance to take a bigger lead. And that led to Cowboys still couldn't do much on offense, but then Waters fumbled on a hit from Larry Brown. Kevin Smith recovered. That set up Dallas at the 39-yard line. That ups, that eventually led to Emmett Smith's four-yard touchdown run. Cowboys had their first lead, 10-7. I to have seven. Emmett's touchdown. You do have Emmett's touchdown? Want to hear it? Yeah, let's go. As well. All right, first and goal at the four. I formation, tight end Tunnell, motion right. And Aikman handoff, Smith coming left. Johnston got the block, and Smith will easily stroll in. Touchdown, Cowboys. And that was 5 5 remaining block. to be played in the half, and Daryl Johnston's block did it again. It was Bill Romanowski that he took down, the uh, linebacker. Johnston just pops him, takes him down, and then it's just an easy little stroll for Emmett Smith for the go-ahead score. For a great block by Daryl Johnston. Wow. 
I remember going into that game, the, the talk was how do you control Ricky Waters? Yes. And I remember, I guess it was afterwards, the idea was hit him in the mouth early a couple times and he'll put the ball on the ground. And yeah. he did. Yes, the, the the game plan for us. So we uh, we approach Ricky Waters like he was a front runner. You know, that's that's what we said every oh, every he's time. He's a front runner. He's we said a front this. runner every no, no time. No disrespect to Ricky. Yeah, I love Ricky. Okay, I hung out with him, but yeah. it's a stupid football. Guy. Like as what long as things by... were going well, yeah. What do you he mean? He played that? well. Yes, but if you hit him early, got him stopped early, he would uh, get, get frustrated, frustrated and throw the ball down and curse out the offensive line. <laughs> and, you know, the quarterback off. So. You know, we knew the key to the running game was to stop him early, hit him hard early, and, uh, you know, just take it to him. And that did happen? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think Thomas Everett put his helmet right into the ball and that was forced a to fumble on. early. Thomas that, Everett was – I give it to Brown, yeah. Thomas Everett was one humongous muscle. Yes. <laughs> he, had, he had these things on his shoulder. Traps. That that I don't, traps. I know I don't have them, and I didn't see a lot of people that had them. It, it was like he put a balloon underneath his shirt. Traps on top of traps. He was just one huge muscle. That's yeah. what she said. But then you had uh, closing out the second or the first half, the second quarter, um, San Francisco hits a 28-yard field goal with 124 left. And then with eight seconds left, Elliott missed one. So it's 10-10 going in the half, and the 49ers seem to have all the momentum. What was kind of the mood there at halftime? You remember that? We just came in. Let me – Talk yeah, uh, the mood at the halftime was because um, uh, I remember Coach um, Coach Johnson just saying, "Hey, we're in this thing. We, we're, you know, you like that same clap, that same intensity, and uh, the, you know, the, the locker room was, you know, pumped up. You know, you know it's ten ten. You know, we we used to the grass now. We used to the surface. We're gonna go back out and get out there. So it felt good. Yeah. The thing that was so unique was when we were in tight games like that. Jimmy did not waste time with useless speeches. He got us with our coordinators as quick as possible. And just in case they had some minor adjustments, you can't make no wholesale adjustment, but some minor adjustment. Norva come in, you know, after he talks to his, his assistants, he says, hey, this is what we're going to do. He'll always have one or two little wrinkles that we're going to do a little bit different to help help us with blocking because that's what it was always about with him first, help us with the blocking because he knew his stars was going to shine. Yeah. So we got that done. Then we'll get ready to gather up to go back out. And like I say, Jimmy will be there with either, you know, with the game face, with light red, or he's got the game face, <laughs> dark model red. Yeah. And each one of them meant a little different, depending on who you were as a player and looking at him. Yeah. And uh, he just, like he's Leon said, like he, we know the surface, we in this. Let's go get, let's go get this game. Okay, Kurt, without telling him. This is what they had up their sleeve, what Norv had up his sleeve right after halftime. Wing right, Aikman back to throw, sets, looks deep, ball. Right side, a man is there, Harper. It's up in the air, and it's caught at the seven-yard line. One-on-one -on -one with Eric Davis. All year long, he's thrown that pass, and Harper hasn't caught it until today. Well, this is just a great catch because that ball's actually underthrown a little bit, and Harper just outbattles Eric Davis for the ball. Reaches back over Eric Davis to pull that thing away. It's just a tremendous play by Alvin Harper. That was that long ball, right? That was the number two. 38-yard pass. That was the one that was underthrown. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Came back oh, yeah. Oh, court. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he gets all the credit for that slant, but that was actually the more highlight reel catch, yeah. probably. Yeah, absolutely. The slant he he didn't like that. Well, Eric Davis, good people, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> the thing. Let, let me say this. Like, like Leon say, he don't want to slander Rick because we over time eventually became friends with all of these guys. We we would see them at the Pro Bowl. We would talk like Eric Davis. Every time I see, hey, well, you know, Tony Tobin. Out of all the people, him and T, pretty yeah. good. I'm I like, mean, you end up playing them yeah. three times in a row in the NFC title yeah. game, right? And so you get to know these guys, and, and the thing about it, you'd have never thought that you would because, boy, we did not like them. We uh-huh. we, we didn't play no games. <laughs> we did not like them. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, in those in those years, who was better, the Forty ers or the Bills? Because people always said those championship games were basically the real Super Bowl. For for me, it was the same because if you go across their defensive line, you know, it was the same for me because. Bills had a, a gangster defense line, and they had a gang. So it was the same for me. It was it was terror, bro. <laughs> See, this is this is what people don't understand. And it, it, is I was fortunate. Me and Mark too, and they was very very fortunate because we had Leon Lett and we had Charles Haley on our side every day in practice. Now you couldn't get Charles during the run period to give a great effort, but anything consisted of a pass rush, you were in trouble. So. We got great looks every day. You know, we got great looks every day. There was a quote um, Emmett said that he, on the sideline, had come to you and said, or I guess earlier in the game, said, I need room to run. And he said that you said it'll open up. Yeah. As it went on, you talked about the, the, the touchdown he caught for that short run. That was an end of a 14-play, nine-minute drive and went 79 yards. Did you start start to see it kind of open up? It, because, because Norv. You know, Tony Wise would keep us patient. Uh, Hudson Hawk would keep us patient, you know, because any offensive lineman worth his salt, when everything failed, the first thing we holler, run the ball. Run the ball, man, run the ball. But it's the other way around. Especially when you got a back like Emmett who can swing out of that backfield or who can come up the middle and have an option. Those things right there start to open up and start to make things happen. So – as we were passing that ball, things started to loosen up. We started to get two, three yards, four yards. Because at first they were they were put they were dropping the ham on us, like our guys was dropping the ham on them. And and every drive well, had to be at least five or six, seven plays. And if you look on there, every drive, one no one shot left. You know, less you know what happened to Ike. You know, but yeah. other than that, <laughs> everything was a drive and everything was a battle. Uh, How was it, it for you guys, Leon, on the defensive side? By that third, fourth quarter, they. They came down and scored. Mickey said it and made it 24-20. Was it you getting worried? Were you still in it? I mean, were you still feeling good at that point? Well, well, going back to what Nate said, first of all, you know, the practices were, were so physical. Yeah. And, and uh, having an offensive line like we had and an offense like we had, um, of course we would have the number one defense too because the offense you know, kept, mm-hmm. kept the ball most of the time. Iron on iron, you know, And no like, pro bowlers. That had to be pretty uh, – No was, pro bowlers. Uh, we, yeah, we were, we were yeah. kind of upset about that. And uh, just going into the playoffs, though, the momentum of our defense was, you know, we were physical, we were going to stop the run. And, uh, you know, we, what we wanted to do was go out, make two stops, and be up 14-0, now we pass rushing. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it was most of the season. So – um, just uh, our mindset was to go out and, like I said, stop the run. But if you compare 49ers defense with uh, Buffalo's defense, 49ers with that West Coast defense, I mean offense, I'm sorry, West Coast offense with quick quick routes and quick passing. And uh, Buffalo was more of a, like, no huddle, what you see now, really. 
but you know most of the te- team which was more up, difficult up, for you up pace i think buffalo yeah because bu- because buffalo brought uh their quarterback great and I, he jim kelly jim kelly came from the usfl yep and that's what we did over in the usfl we stayed closer to the college game than we did the pro game when we saw a team that ran, 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 like the Birmingham Stallion, we were like, God, we got to play a running team this week. Yeah. You know, so we stayed, and that's what they incorporated when Jim got there with the uh, with Buffalo. So, but of course, our practices was s- simulating them, and so they were ready. Yeah, you know, we kept that thing going. That's when some of us back uh, starters had to be a part of that practice, keeping it up tempo. So where's so our scoring at? So right we now? got uh, now it's twenty four twenty. It's it's late in the uh, fourth or midway through the fourth quarter, and that's when Mickey, we got a great story. What happens on that first and ten? The just, Cowboys get the ball at the their own twenty one yard line, and I was wondering before we get to it, what you guys were thinking at that point. It's twenty four twenty. Leon, when 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 they go out on the field, are you watching? Are you guys over there? Because the first play is the huge play of the game. Did you see it, or were you guys sitting there huddling up, figuring out what you were going to do? No, the sideline was all in it. I think we were we were up. You Brother, were watching. Yes. Brother. So did you know what was about to happen? No, nah, but uh, let me say this right here. More to it. The only way we would sit down is that if we had a comfortable lead, uh, and, and, and normally that wouldn't happen to the second half, we watched each other. We knew what each other did. We knew what our defense was doing. We would walk by each other, and they would literally be – we could never satisfy them cussing us out, calling us all type of names because <laughs> we could never do enough because they wanted to get back out there and make some things happen. Okay, so you go into the huddle. You're at mm-hmm. your own 21. Right. There's still enough time left right. for, for them to come back and score. Troy, say anything, any, anything you remember you from see- the huddle? Nah, nah. He he just said, "Give me some time." Okay. That's all. We knew he was ready to go, and we knew we had to rest. So we had to, you know, run game was okay, but we knew it was his time. We said, "Fellas, I need y'all to give me some time." And then Michael looked at us, and he wasn't said as nice as Troy. You know. <laughs> and then and then Michael tells the story that when they called the play. He was originally supposed to be mm-hmm. the wide receiver to the left, and Alvin Harper was supposed to be mm-hmm. to the right. And Michael says they're not going to, they're not going to let us throw it over there. I'm going to go to the other side of the field. Right. And they put Harper to the left. And do you want to just play it. the play, or yep. do you want to talk? This about is, this? this is what happened. At the 21st down, Aikman is going to throw, deep slant, caught, 35, Harper's breaking away, Harper's got midfield, Harper's got the 30, Harper's got the 20, Harper's got the 10-yard line before he's run down out of bounds at the 9. Wow. I, I, I tell you, man, the game was tight. Did you tight. see it? Nah, nah, the game was tight. I, 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 what I saw was... When I looked, because I was on the left side, I saw him when he caught it. You know, I, you know, because I'm fighting. I'm, I'm fighting. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life, you know. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. So when I looked out there, because it, it, it's kind of like a silence, and then all of a sudden they roared. They cried like it didn't sound like it was saying, oh, like it was for the for Minnesota this past. We like, oh. It was like they was screaming. If you go back in the – 
Play that over again. Okay, here we go. Listen At the 21st down, this. Aikman is going to throw. Deep slant. Caught. 35. Harper's breaking away. Harper's got midfield. Harper's got the 30. Harper's got the 20. What Harper's got the 10-yard yeah. line before he's run down out of bounds. At the 9. Wow. What was it like on the sidelines for you all? Oh, we were excited. Yeah. We were crunk. And yeah. Was, it, it, I remember, I remember, and I get chills yeah. listening to it now. So I'm working, right? And I was like one of the only idiots out there that picked them to win. Like uh-huh. I thought they it was time, and I thought they were better than San Francisco. And so I'm sitting there. I'm going, okay, I'm going to be wrong, and everybody's going to make fun of me. <laughs> and when they hit that play, I, I swear I got chills just watching it going, oh, my God, they're going to win this thing. Yeah. And then I don't have it separated out because I had it in the op- in the show open, but that Kelvin Martin touchdown after that play sealed it, and Dale Hansen mentions in the call that the assistant coaches started shaking hands on the sideline, which is pretty cool. Well, I mean, there took, was still like three minutes left. Well, and it wasn't the next play. It took a while to yeah. get there, right? It ended up being a uh, – was it a third? It was a third, third and goal, goal from the six. Yeah. yeah. You got to the two or three and then got stopped and – and now it's like, okay, what's he going to do? Because if you get stopped here, you're going to kick the field goal and make it a seven-point game, or Jimmy going to gamble again inside the 10, go for a touchdown. He wouldn't have gambled then. He'd have played it by the numbers. Field goal was actually – the extra point was actually blocked, but that was it. You guys had won it 30-20. How, how were the last seconds as they ticked off for you? Uh, we knew we had it, man. Just that pass to Kelvin Martin, yeah. you think? He, he he came up big the whole season. Yeah. In, in key plays, right? Yes. Kevin, Not great numbers. Well, he was but, a closer, though. Somehow he right? came up with a big play at the end of the game. Well, return for touchdown yes. versus the Eagles? That was the year before. Really? It, 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 it takes Jimmy to tell you. He, he loved guys that live for the moment. And a lot of times, a lot of teams when it kept Kmart, but Jimmy knew. In the moment, you could depend on him. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Hunt return. Come on, he turned it around for us. Washington, uh, out there in Texas State, we going down uh, on a drive. We were behind. All of a sudden, we needed a big third down. Kevin Martin almost got his back broke. But Troy put it on a dime. Kevin Martin came up with it. We won the game. So what was the locker room like? Do you guys remember? Well, hang on. How about highlight? And you guys probably don't remember. I mean, the, the players remember it. But this was on the next series. 30 to 20 Cowboys. 2-11 left in the game. Young up under center with 207. Young straight drop with 204. Throws it deep. Middle intercepted by James Washington to the 30, to the 40, to the 44-yard line. And the number one defense in football has cut him off at the pass again. This dude always would find himself in a big play moment. But remember Atlanta game? Oh, At, yeah. In Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. Super Bowl. Should have been, been the MVP. Wow, I wasn't going to say it because Emmett may be listening. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make a big play, big interception, yeah. a big hit. He'd... Our big hit. I mean, he was all – and this is the thing that people don't know about James Washington. He is the furthest thing away from a thug. Yeah. <laughs> This dude graduated from UCLA. This dude, uh, associate athletic director, I think. Uh, he's been over human resources. A hustler, bar none. <laughs> but a thug, no. 
believe that. Was his, his nickname was Drive By. Drive By. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he he got to a point there towards the last couple of years, he wouldn't talk to anybody in the right. locker room, right. the media, right? Right. And I don't I don't know why, but he'd pull me over and talk to me. Right. And it's like <laughs> I don't know why he, he chose me. Yeah. But but I just remember that about him. And yeah. and and he was good. He he knew. You're right. Yeah. He was he was so sharp about the game. It it was it was not like what everybody thought about. That's why Woodson couldn't get on the on the field his rookie year. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Jimmy thought, okay, yeah. I got this guy. Right. D- Darren's changing positions. Right. I don't want to put too much on his plate. Right. right? And then, a, like a year later, after he started and mm-hmm. did everything, Darren, right. Jimmy said, it's my biggest mistake coaching. Oh, what's that? He goes, should have put Woodson on the field from the very beginning. <laughs> Seriously, he kept Woody on. I'm, and uh, just, Who was a rookie yeah. that year and figured, oh, this is the NFL, right? You right. probably, yeah. hey, come to the team and I go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> We'd have seven guys substituting, you know, it'd be, um, you know, like seven guys coming in, seven guys coming off the field. Wow. So offenses were like, man, you know, that's some depth on that team. Yeah, we did. Oh, we had it, man. We 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 had it, and and it wasn't no relaxing. Yeah. You know, back then it wasn't no salary cap, so churning your roster, moving it around, that one it wasn't gonna be no issues, especially with a coach that. Uh, Believe in youth. Jimmy believed in youth. And and he I remember when he took Ike out of the out of the game when Ike got beat on a on a deep ball and he never got his job back because he, he told uh Coach Campbell put Puff in there and he better not come out. Right. Uh-huh. And it did basically the next year or in ninety two yeah. did the same thing with Eric Williams. Yeah. Told Tony He's, He's a starter. Right yeah, do right whatever you got to do. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you hurt Nate's feelings or not. what. <laughs> I went over there and politic Kevin Gogan out of his job. <laughs> and, and you know what? And, Leon, you, you're right. Here, here are the backups on the defensive line in that game. It's Jim Jeffcoat, Leon Lett, Chad Hennings, and Jimmy Jones. I mean, those are the next four. The starters on a lot of teams. Beast. Right? <laughs> Amazing. Jimmy when he got Jimmy Jones when he got paid by the New England Patriots unheard of contract he retired off of that contract he's got that he I don't know got if a ranch still, out yeah in Corsica or yeah. wherever somewhere down south yeah yeah he, 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 who was it that Jimmy Jones played behind at Miami he started he started and wouldn't come to practice and Russell Maryland took his job and he never got it back <laughs> I thought that was even another guy too. No, it was Russ, I think. Okay, he, he played with Cortez too. Right? Yeah, he played That's, with Cortez, but but he didn't have Cortez's job. Okay. <laughs> So the, so the end of the game is a lot of people may not realize that that was when Jimmy said his favorite words, how about them Cowboys? And yeah. What was the, the story behind? Was there some kind of meaning behind that? How about them because, because, because of what Mick said at the beginning of the show. Everybody had us a year away. And I, I remember riding to work. And Chris Berman was having a roundtable on ESPN. It was on the radio. And, I mean, Everybody, I mean, he had guys from Kansas City, everybody. He had nothing to do with the game. But they had every reporter that was supposed to be somebody. And to a man, they're a year away. They're a year away. So once one guy said it, it sounded good, and that's what they ran with. Sometimes they're a year you just away. have to be somebody that thinks a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's well, right. And, and so I don't know how you guys want to go about it, but it was in the locker room. 
he he said it also at the in his press conference right. in that little jammed yeah. room where no one could almost see him in there. It was so crowded afterwards. But it was it was absolutely astounding. You guys trudged off the field through all that water and mm-hmm. mud and, and 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 you know I think the people at Candlestick were just stunned. Yeah, because but see this is what I always remember and I and I and it confirmed they never stopped cheering until J Dub. Got that interception. Yeah, they yeah. never stopped believing right. into that interception. They you go back. Can you go back and play that right quick? Like, listen to the crowd. They down by ten. Thirty to twenty, Cowboys. They, they ain't gave it up yet, left bro. left in the game. Young up under center with two oh seven. Young straight drop with two oh four. Throws it deep middle, intercepted by James Washington to the thirty, to the forty. There must to have been a lot of Cowboys fans. Oh, it was. There was. The it was. It was. Football has cut him off at the pass again. I don't know who they had sing the national anthem. Uh, the next boys, the men, or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Either. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, even the person that sung the national anthem was excited, yeah. right? And the cheering, the whole thing. The, the yeah, that's whole what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Was it was unbelievable. It was almost like a college. I didn't game. pull it, but at, at, during the coin flip on our radio broadcast. The, whoever the referee was, Jerry Markbright. He turned. Staubach was the honorary guy on the field, and he's like, "Okay, call it in the air." Oh, hi, Roger. Okay, <laughs> call it in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't nothing about a Forty ers Cowboy game that wasn't good. Yeah. When nothing, it, it was just. It was awesome. You know, the other thing I remember, and it was it was it was really unique from a media standpoint. So they needed a auxiliary press box there wasn't enough room for everybody so behind so we're looking this way the the right end zone like 10 yards behind the end zone they put a row of tables with chairs and that's where they put the tv and radio reporters out in that weather right that was their (laughs) press box uh, way back there in, in in all that mess but yeah the aura of the whole thing was just absolutely it was it was chilling. It really yeah. was. What, what well, was we this? walked off that field, and I don't know how late it was. He probably was in better shape than me. <laughs> Just how much I was tired, man. And when when we got on that plane, I mean, you know, you you drink your beers, but it was it was it was it wasn't an excited. You know, hey, let's get the mind right. It was like, wow. You know, yeah. just went through something. <laughs> what was the city yeah. like when you got back? Cause I read there was like 3,000 fans at the airport waiting for you. I mean, what, did it, was it just, just hype. Yeah. yeah. It was just hype. And, uh, at the charter you, site. Right? Yeah, but you know the thing about it? Although you apparently left Jimmy, Troy Aikman on the bus. He didn't, what? He didn't catch the bus to the charter. He had to take a taxi or something. <laughs> Jim, wow. Jimmy said, time to go, probably. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, but you know what? When we came back in that Monday or that Monday – it's like we ain't played the game. Jimmy done, <laughs> Jimmy done moved off. Starting on to the Super yeah, Bowl, Jimmy even done, though it was two Jimmy, weeks He was away. giving us the game plan of what was going to happen. Yeah. And all we was doing was rubbing our chops. Because back then, boy, Mr. Jones used to give away them tickets like cotton candy. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you asked where that, the, how about them Cowboys, where it came from. So when they had the 25th anniversary deal in February, Jerry was asked about it. And he said, oh, I heard that before. And everybody kind of looked up. He goes, yeah, he goes, he used to say that all the time at Oklahoma State. <laughs> How about these Cowboys? <laughs> oh, man. So, but anyway, that was kind of the signature moment of the whole, uh, yeah. the whole day, the game. And yeah. uh, I, I think Douglas might have uh, 
his little speech that he gave before he said it. No, I don't. I've only, you don't? You I didn't find that. it? Oh. But here's, okay, I have, I have one question. For the three of you who were at the game, I mean, two played, Mickey was up there watching, uh, like go in order, Mickey, then Leon, then, then Nate. When somebody mentions that game, what's the, the first thing you think about always? Some of the 92 game? Yeah, that, that NFC Championship game, your first NFC Championship game. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your first thought when anybody mentions it, Mickey? Probably, boy, first. There's a lot that comes yeah. flying in. Um, everybody probably remembers the Harper play. I remembered how good Troy Aikman was. And when I looked up the stats, he ended up 24 of 34 for 322 yards. Now, he was sacked. Nate, four times, Not but he had data. two had to touchdown data. passes. He's about to come across and the and hit the biggest passes of the game. I thought that was his arrival because remember he didn't start a playoff game until '92. That's right. That was his first year to kind of go through it. He played what a half in Detroit when he got beat in '91. The game was over by the time they put him in. So to me. It was the arrival of Troy Aikman and just how darn good he was. Okay, Leon? Uh, for me, I think it was just the, the physicality of the game. It was a physical game and, uh, you know, the, the field, the mud. The, the, it was just a good old football game that, you know, uh, the weather was, to me, it was like it was perfect uh, as far as the, the temperature and the, the game itself, the, the players, the intensity that we had on the sideline throughout the game. So I, I can just, just say the physicality of the game. Uh, Charles, I remember Charles Haley wanted to, you know, just murder uh, Wallace. Wallace. He, <laughs> he, 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 knocked off, he knocked off his little uh, concussion thing. He yeah, had he had the first concussion time. helmet, Wallace. <laughs> yeah, and they, 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 yeah. They, they it was like one of those soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they both like were great going back and, back and forth, cursing each other out the whole game and yeah. back in time. So that to me, it was just physical, good, hard-nosed football game. And Nate, that's the same thing. Like I said, when, when you got on that plane, uh, all you could realize, man. And I hate to say this because I don't want to minimize the Super Bowl, but that game there is just like when you got on the plane, it's like, wow. Wow. I mean, Jimmy had us so locked in and focused till you didn't even realize what you accomplished. You, we realized more with the Super Bowl what we accomplished than beating it, that, that great 49ers team. It's because when you got on there, you just, you know, we was hyped on the, on the plane coming back, but it was like, wow, we got them. And that that was really the changing of the guard from the team of the 80s, the 49ers, to becoming the team in the 90s, the Cowboys. Nate, you had been through the – you'd been yeah. there a You'd been through the ugly times. And this was your second year, two years – and then two years to the playoffs. I mean, it seems like two di very different perspectives of where you were. Like, this is expected. We're the Cowboys. And you're like, oh, I've been there, man. I know what it was like. I thought I was a genius to the bad luck. When I came <laughs> and really started losing, I'm like, wow. Uh, it, it's just – I'm telling you, uh, we we earned our Super Bowls and because when I look back again, every Super Bowl we played, I promise you, the three I played in, you would not find anybody, and that's including Tom Brady, that played against more Hall of Famers than this Cowboy team did. We played against 
unlimited amount of pro bowlers, all pros, and Hall of Famers. Go back and check the ballistics. I'm telling you, we it, it, it from playing Green Bay. You got Brett Favre and that wide receiver, what Sterling Sharp. You got Reggie White, who only not played for them, but left Philadelphia and went there. You know, just great player after great player that could impact the game, and we had to play them to get the way we needed to go. Yeah, you went through the Eagles defense that year. Went through Lawrence Taylor. Oh yeah. Uh, went through uh, uh, what's the other guy played the other other side of him? Uh, oh, Banks. Banks. You know. Banks. We we played against some some, and everybody probably can boast that, but not how our, our '90s Cowboys. We was either catching the end of the great '80s players or catching the beginning of the great '90s players, right. and uh, it, it was just awesome. It was it was just awesome. Well, the two before that Super Bowl, the Giants and Washington had won the previous two Super Bowls. Then you get to the Super Bowl, and it's the Bills who'd been in those previous two Super Bowls against Washington and the Giants. And that's what everybody was banking on, that they Same had the thing. experience. Too they, soon. Yeah. Year away. <laughs> they had the experience that they was going to get us. Yeah. And what, what I remember more than anything is we had to go through the Giants each year. Now, each year. We had to go through the Giants to make the impact that we made. The only to have to turn around and face an equally as good 49ers team. Now, one year we caught a break and got Green Bay. That was because <laughs> <laughs> we did, I don't think we wanted no more of the 49ers. They were ready for us. That was Switzer's year. Yeah. All right. I think we've we've gone way over our lot of time. Do you have anything else, Mick? No, I think you do, you're done good. And you All know right. what? Maybe in two weeks we need to do it again. Yeah. And just go through that <laughs> no, Super Bowl, right? No doubt. Because that's beard, man. The beard going. Yeah. Hey, he probably watching this mad. <laughs> he couldn't be a part of it, right? right. Yeah. Leon, I sure appreciate We kept you longer than we expected. I sure appreciate you taking Thank you, time. Man. Hopefully Thank Leon you, will man. come back. Now uh, he knows he's got a fun show he can come yeah, to. This, yeah, uh, and he's got a little bit to talk about in that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is great. I, I, it was really great for me not having been there. Right here, man. So you still with the team, right? I mean, I don't want to be talking to a guy who ain't going to be here no more. <laughs> Let's cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we, we did do a Cowboys legend show. Yes. Uh, on the 25th anniversary of that Super Bowl, and it included this game. It included the Super Bowl, and it included the 25th reunion uh, that these guys were, were part of. So you can go to the website, I think, at some point, and it'll be on there, and you can uh, check out all these guys' memories of that entire season uh, and, and the rise in 91. I thought that was part of the story because 7-9, and nine, one in fifteen, and then all of a sudden, and I, and whole I, and thing I, blossomed. I had all of that. I had to eat all of that. But <laughs> right, I was three hundred and fifty pounds then. <laughs> <laughs> all uh-huh. right. Well, I think that's it. Dallas thirty, San Francisco twenty, nineteen ninety two, and if drive by champions. J-Dub. All right. Hey, we'll be back show, on. Kurt. Thanks for thanks for inviting this is Kurt's me. Kurt's idea, by the way. This is awesome. <laughs> we'll be so we back. We got a new uh, show leader. All right. We vote no. not Shannon. No, Shannon will be back. Cut on the beard. Well, he quickly. Oh, Shannon, Nate, oh yeah. Oh, he's gonna sell me down the river. We will be back on Monday at one o'clock or eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock, 11 o'clock on Monday. Uh, Till then, thank you for spending the time with us again. Thank you, Leon. Thanks a lot. We are hanging with the boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!